to it, to the tree. May no one ever eat fruit from you again. And his disciples were listening. Let's go down to verse 20. It says, As they were passing by in the morning, they saw the fig tree withered from the roots up. Being reminded, Peter said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you curse has withered. And Jesus said, Have faith in God. Well, that's the base scripture that I wanted to start with. Have faith in God. And if Jesus told them that, and we won't, we're not teaching exegetically from uh, this particular, these passages this morning, I just want to use it as a, a springboard out into that which God has for us. Have faith in God. What does it mean? What does that mean, have faith in God? If you look in the original Greek, it would say probably have the faith of God. And it really doesn't matter which one you use, have faith in God, have the faith of God, because Jesus is the one who said it. So we can have faith, the faith of God, because Jesus is God. Is that correct? Are we in the right place? (laughs) Is that correct? Okay. Okay. And so since Jesus said it, he's the one who cursed the the tree uh, by pronouncing death upon it, then we can have his faith. But most of have eight eight uh, eight probably different translations translations in, in one Bible, and all eight says have the... Uh, faith in God. Uh, so we want to we want to go there today. Have faith, faith in God. What does that mean? Have faith in God. Well, I would like to give you a definition that I've been giving uh, periodically, and that is that faith is trust in what God has said. Trust in what God has said. And knowing who has said it. Okay. Trust in what God has said. And you can trust in what God has said because you know who said it. God said it. Yahweh said it. Jehovah said it. The great I am said it. El Shaddai said it. Almighty God said it. So if he said it, You can trust in what he said. And I use that definition because that's what really, to me, and as I read from Genesis Revelation, faith is. All through the Old Testament, he just, he told them something and he wanted them to trust him in what he said. That's all it is. I could have used what Hebrews 11 said. But I don't like to use it. Everybody uh, will think that you'll go to that scripture when you're talking about faith. But uh, it's really just trusting what God said. What has God said to you? What has God said to us from Genesis to Revelation? He says a lot, hasn't he? And I believe that we need this message because 
what happens is that when we don't trust what God has said, we will get anxious about things. Anything. Anything comes up that's abnormal or anything that comes up that's normal, like you're going for an interview that you really want this job, you start getting anxious about it and anxiety over it. You start getting in care over this thing. If your children are going to a foreign country, you start getting, getting in, in care about it, anxious about it, worried about them, especially if something is happening in that country. There's that verse. But he says, trust in what he said. Did he say for that child to go over there? Did he say that he wants you to have a job? Then we can trust in what he has said to us. He said to us in Philippians 4, he wants us to be careful for nothing, but in all things by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving to let our requests be known to him. And the peace of God which passes all understanding will keep our hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Did he say that? He said, think on those things that are good and honest and have good report for having the virtue, having the praise. Think on those things. And what do we tend to think on? Yeah. Adverse things. We think of things that, oh, my goodness, you know. That's why I said that we need more faith. We need to trust God more. Are you trusting God for something today that he's clearly said in his word is yours? Are you trusting God for something today? Are you concerned over it? Are you just excited about when it's going to happen? It might not be happening yet, but if he said it's going to happen, is that correct? It's going to happen. That's having trust in what God has said because we know God has said it. So what I have to do myself, because to be honest with you, I struggle, too, in that area. I have to fight off the buzzers. You know, just trying to take my faith. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I have to fight this stuff off. Because even though I say, well, God, I know what you said, but it, was that your word to me, though? I know you said it to them, but it is to me. Have you ever done that before? And you don't want somebody to come along and say, well, that was in the Old Testament, so it's not for you. Wait a minute. It's in the Bible. We're children of Abraham, aren't we? If we be Christ as we Abraham see, heirs to the promise. That's what the word says. (laughs) So I said, God, we need help in this area. Help me in this area. Help me in this area because I need it. So, okay. All right. How else can I have more faith then? How can I increase this thing? I, I hear what you said, Lord, but I want, I want it to increase, Lord. I want it increased. Here's one way to increase. And we'll talk about three ways, not today, um, but we'll talk about three ways of increasing our faith. One is by hearing. Okay, hearing the word of God. Let's turn over to Romans. Chapter 10. There's one way we can increase our faith. By hearing. You can increase your doubt. You can increase your fear. By hearing. Hearing negative things. 
<laughs> you know, <laughs> listen to enough bad news, read enough bad news, and you start, you know, your faith start worrying, you know, wavering there. God wants us to hear something. Let's pick it up in verse 13, Romans 10, verse 13. It says, for whoever will call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. How then will they call on him whom they have not believed? That's a question. Obviously, it's a rhetorical question. Obviously, the answer is, what? They can't. How then will they call upon him whom they have not believed? They can't call on somebody they haven't believed. Well, then, how will they believe in him whom they have not heard? They can't. How will they hear without a preacher, about someone who proclaims, that's what I mean, a proclaimer of the word? And all of us are supposed to be proclaiming the word of God, shouldn't we? We all should be proclaiming it. They came. It's a great, a great incentive to go out and tell somebody about Jesus Christ, isn't it? Unless we're in fear. Are we in fear in that area? That someone might not receive it. Somebody might tell you that, you know, they don't want to hear what you're saying. Somebody might slam the door in your face. Somebody might not like you anymore. How will they preach unless they are sent? They came. Just as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news of good things. However, they did not all heed the good news. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? Verse 17 is what we want. So faith comes by, everybody say it, hearing, and hearing by the word of Christ, word of God, word of Christ. The good news. Jesus Christ has paid the price for our sin. That's good news, isn't it? That's good news. Good news. We don't have to try to work our way to righteousness because Jesus Christ is our righteousness. Right? That's good news, isn't it? All the rest of you, then you can keep trying to keep the law. Let me ask you again. Maybe we'll have somebody join us, Ellen. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Jesus Christ is our righteousness. Is he he our righteousness? We we talked about about, uh, some of the names. We talked about, you know, Jehovah, uh, Sid Canoe, right? Last time. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You must get this word in your ears. You must keep it coming. 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 So what I want to do is to help us today and help us as the days go by in in, in speaking forth that which will help you to have more faith. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Because I know that some of you believe in God for some good stuff. Things that God has already told you is yours. I believe you are. And I believe we all can increase that. 
including myself. Our faith must go deep. It's like a, it's like a, a tree that's rooted by the, by the rivers of water. It got, it's got to go deep, deep, deep. Because we don't want any wind to come, any wind of, of adversity or, or doctrine to knock our tree over. And you probably have seen that before when hurricanes come by, things like that, and, and, and they knock over big trees. And you look at the tree and you say, my goodness gracious, that's a big tree, but it doesn't have deep roots. You've seen a big tree and you see a little bit of stubby roots. You say, my goodness, I wonder why it was standing in the, in the beginning. Our roots must go deep because the winds of adversity, it's going to come. So we want to be ready for it, don't we? Well, let's turn to 1 Samuel. Let's try there. And we're going to go through something else because not only must we hear the word, but we must have some knowledge also. We must increase our knowledge. It comes by hearing the word of God. It's coming by knowing who God is. More about that. More about who God is. The more we know about God, the more we'll know how to believe what he said. And I know you say, well, I know God. Well, I want to know him more. I hope you want to know him more also. And we're going to look in chapter 12. And we'll set the background for chapter 12. You, you turn to chapter 12, and we're going to start in, in 12, verse 12. But some things are happening here. Things are not going well for Israel. And Samuel was a prophet during that time. He was, he was getting, getting old, and his sons were not walking with the Lord. And over in chapter 8, verse 7, it says, The Lord said to Samuel, Listen to the voice of the people in regard to all that, that they say to you, for they have not rejected you, but they have rejected me from being king over them. Now, the, the backdrop of verse 12, if you go back to in Samuel, what was happening is that um, the, the people of Israel, they wanted somebody to rule over them. Samuel, it was fine with them. Samuel was a judge. He, 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 it was fine. But Samuel, see, he's older. He's now gray-haired. He now can't uh, judge them any longer. So his sons were, were, were um, terrible. Wicked. And so they said, well, we, we want a king. That's what we want. We want a king. We want a king just like the people around us. Get us a king. And Sam said, oh, no, 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 no. You don't want a king. You already have a king. You already have King Jesus. You have King God. God Almighty is your king. No, we want a king. We want a king. We go out and defeat kings. We, we see all these kings. We want one just like they have. We don't do that, do we? We don't. <laughs> so that's where the, the backdrop of that, which said that God said that, hey, look, Samuel, let's cool it. Paraphrasing. You know, that they are not 
speaking against you, Samuel. They're speaking against me. They rejected me. They didn't, didn't re- reject you. So that's the backdrop now. They gave him a king. Samuel anointed Saul king. Saul went out and defeated a host of people. And the people were excited. Yes, we got a king. Yes, we are just like the people around us. Our king, he leads us to victory. Because Saul did lead him to victory. He gathered everybody of Israel, went out. God defeated him. They're excited. So Samuel said, hey, let's go and, and renew this thing at Gilgal. So what happened was that Samuel's getting ready to give his inauguration speech because he renewed officially Saul's king. They, they were expecting some great speech. And listen what he says. Starting in verse 12 of chapter 12. When you saw that Nahash, the king of the sons of Ammon, came against you, you said to me, No, but a king shall reign over us, although the Lord your God was your king. Now therefore, here is the king whom you have chosen, whom you have asked for, and behold, The Lord has set a king over you. Now, all this is good news. All this is good news. They know that. It's good. We know that. Then then he's going to give some bad news. Then he's going to give some more good news. If you will fear the Lord, verse 14, and serve him and listen to his voice and not rebel against the command of the Lord, then both you and also the king who reigns over you will follow the Lord your God. He's giving them instructions. If you will not listen to the voice of the Lord, but rebel against the command of the Lord, then the hand of the Lord will be against you as it was against your fathers. And they knew that. Even now, take your stand and see this great thing which the eyes of the Lord is going to do. You know, he's going to do something in your eyes here. Now, they're expecting something great. They just defeated the enemy. They're, they're expecting something great is going to happen. I want you to listen now to what he says. Is it not wheat harvest today? And what does that mean? The harvest is getting ready to come in. I mean, it's ready. It's ready. That means that we're going to go out and we're going to get this great harvest of, of wheat. Listen to what he says. I will call to the Lord that he may send thunder and rain. Then you will know and see that your wickedness is great, which you have done in the sight of the Lord by asking for yourselves a king. Now, they didn't expect that. They did not expect that because they're coming off victory. Why, Samuel, are you telling us this this thing? Our king that we asked for just brought us victory. This is a confirmation that we were right. We needed a king. But see, Samuel hadn't forgotten that. No, you, you don't realize you still don't need a king. You need the Lord. So 
I'm going to cause rain by asking the Lord to do this to let you know how wicked it is. Now, rain is a bad thing during harvest. It's a bad thing. And so when the rain came, the people, it'll be a sign because Samuel said, I'm going to cause the rain. I'm going to ask God to cause the rain on your harvest, and you're going, your, your whole harvest going to be ruined because of this wicked thing. Verse 18, so Samuel called to the Lord, and the Lord sent thunder and, and rain that day, and all the people greatly feared the Lord and Samuel. Then, verse 19 says, then all the people said to Samuel, hey, hey, pray, pray for your servants to the Lord your God so that we may not die. For we have added to this, to all our sins, this evil by asking for ourselves a king. So God got their, their attention. Is that correct? He got their attention. Now they know they have sinned. Now they are afraid. Listen to the good news. Samuel said to the people, do not fear. Do not fear. How many times did you hear that in the New Testament? But Jesus telling the disciples, do not fear. Fear not, he'll say. Fear not. Fear not. Fear not. And the situation calls for fear if you don't know who God is. If you don't believe what he said, we're going to the other side, he said before. And then here the storm comes, the boat is filled Filling with water, they're, they're belling this water out there, and Jesus asleep in the boat, and they say, hey, wake up, man, don't you understand, man, we're about to sink. He says, oh, you of little faith, right? I mean, can't you trust that I said, if we're going to the other side, we're going to the other side. Yeah. So, now we see here the same thing. Samuel says, do not fear. Don't you think the situation calls for fear? Samuel has called them wicked. They said that, hey, we're adding, adding more sins to our sins by asking for ourselves a king. Help us, Samuel. Help us, Samuel. And Samuel says, do not fear. Why would Samuel say, do not fear in this situation? This is going to increase your faith today. It's going to increase your faith. Verse 20. Second part, second sentence. You have committed all this evil, yet. That's a good word. It's like but. You know? That means that everything before that has been nullified. In other words, hey, you, you committed all this evil. Yes, you, you, you did it. You did it. But yet, do not turn aside from following the Lord. Why shouldn't I? I mean, because I mean, it's, it's, it's a bad situation. I don't want you to fear. I want you to be in faith. I want you to be in faith. People, whenever something goes wrong, whenever you might, have, you might have made a mistake in the Lord or whatever the situation may be, he's telling us the same thing. Don't fear. Don't fear. Just, just follow the Lord. You found, you found out, okay, I made a mistake. Well, then get up, dust yourself off, and keep following the Lord. Go follow the Lord. That's all you had to do. He says, but serve the Lord with all your heart. He's telling the people now, you made a mistake, yet 
I want you to follow the Lord. I don't want you to, I don't want you to sway not one bit with everything you have in your heart. Follow the Lord. Now, there must be a reason for this. Samuel knows something that we need to know. I, I believe Samuel have, has, I believe he has great faith. Who can just pray to the Lord like that and, and, and stuff happens like that? Elijah did it, didn't he? Elijah prayed and it didn't rain. He prayed and it did rain. Remember? Then he says, we have, we're just like Elijah, right? We can do the same thing. Didn't he say that? In the book of the Bible, New, New Testament, epistles. What epistles is that? What is it? Yeah, James. I like that, brother. You, you, you get, get some coffee, free coffee. You know? <laughs> but that's what he told us. You can do the same thing if you know what God has said. And you know who God is. Samuel knew who God was. It increased his faith. He has great faith. And I want to know what Samuel knew because Samuel's getting old and he's, 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 he's mentoring us this morning here. Listen to what he says. Verse 21. You must not turn aside. For then you would go after fruitful things which cannot profit or deliver because they are fruitile. Do you know that some people go after vain things? Vain things. Can't profit them. Can't profit them not one bit, but they go after it. Verse 22. For the Lord will not abandon his people. Woo! My goodness gracious. You don't even know. You don't realize what was just said from Samuel. If you realize what he just said, you, you'll be, you'll be, woo, my goodness gracious. Oh, my goodness gracious. Is that why, is that why they cannot fear? Is that why even if they sin, they don't have to fear? Is, is that why I don't have to be in fear about a situation? I am... Part of the body of Christ. I'm his. Aren't we his people? Well, if you're his people, he's saying here that God is not going to abandon his people. They had just sinned. The worst sin you can you can do just about is, is, is I, I'm going to disown you, God. I don't want you to rule us. Give me a human king that you have created. Know he has going to have some mistakes. Know that. Uh, you've already told me that he's going he's gonna to take your land, he's going to take your children, he's going to make them slaves and all that kind of stuff. And I still want him. And he tells me that even though I did that, he's not going to abandon me. Man, that is the gospel. Do you hear what I'm saying? That's the good news from the Old Testament isn't that the good news from the New Testament? The good news is that even though we have sinned, even though we've fallen short of the glory of God, even though we were born of Adam, even though we are separated from God, have no way of getting back to him, even though we're supposed to be going to hell, even though all those type of things, he yet he saved us. Isn't it? Because he chose to. He chose to. How did Israel get to be his people? He chose them, didn't he? It wasn't because they were so great in number. And so he started with how many? One called to one man. 
Abram, didn't he? He said, come out from among your family, you know, whatever. And he took Sarai, he took his father, he took Lot, you know. And from there, developed them to a people, didn't he? Wasn't a lot of people who went into Egypt, was it? Not a lot of people. A lot of people came out. He didn't abandon his people all from Adam. Did he abandon Adam? Can you get any worse than that? Can't get no worse than Adam. The first Adam. Is that correct? Can't get no worse one. But yet, he didn't abandon him. Didn't abandon him. Why would he abandon us? He won't. Because it says so. That is the reason why our faith should elevate today. Because we know that God says he's not going to abandon his people. And we have the experience of knowing it by looking back into history. It says that in uh, 1 Corinthians 10, I believe it said that, you know, these things were given as an example uh, to us that we won't fall into the same sins that they fell into. And we'll, uh, well, the, all these examples in Old Testament is given for us so we can learn and not fall into the same mistake. So it's telling me here, it's telling me that I can have great faith. It's telling me because I know, I know that I know that God is not going to abandon me. I don't care how bad things look. I don't care if I did lose my job. I don't care if, if you know, my cat died. I don't care what happened. I know God is not going to abandon me. Do you hear what I'm saying? Come on. Why would he abandon your children? And they're yours. Because if he abandoned you, if he's abandoning your children, he's abandoning you. You see what I'm saying? So you, some of you now, some of you should be standing up waving handkerchiefs. Woo wee woo wee. You know. <laughs> but we're, we're, we're cornerstone. We don't do that. Okay. <laughs> it's okay if you wave a handkerchief. Okay. Uh, it'll say, don't escort them out. Okay, don't escort them out. Listen to what else he said. Why won't he abandon his people? Why? Verse 22 now. On account of his great name. Wait a minute. I thought you just said he's not going to abandon us because we're his people. I thought that was the, the root of this thing. No, that's not root. I said your roots must go deep, didn't it? They got to go deeper than being his people. You see, God is not going to abandon us because of his great name. See, that's deeper. Deep, it's deeper than, than us being his people. It's deeper, you see. It's like the foundation uh, is his great name. And then, then because he chose us, to be his people, then we are connected to his name. You see? And so he has infinite desire for his great name. You hear what I'm saying? Because his name is who he is. 
His name is his character. His name is his glory. His name is his reputation, his renown. His name is, is everything. His name is who he is. Just think now, just think. If you had a company, you have a, own a business, and you hire somebody to work with you, and they represent you, they are a salesperson for you. Do you know what happens to that person? Whatever happens to that person is going to affect what happens to the name of your business. Do you know that? You don't know that, do you? You know that. That's why, that's why people, you can go take things back to, to stores uh, because they don't want you talking negative about their name. So they'll let you bring things back. You, know? you open it, you didn't like it. You say, I'm, I'm returning this. Yeah. Why are you returning? Because I don't want it. Is there anything wrong with it? No, I just don't want it anymore. Okay. They're not going to raise a whole bunch of stuff. As long as you have your seat, they'll take it back. Same. That's why we don't want our children you know, to uh, do things that are cause uh, problems to the family name. Do you know what I'm saying? What happens to our children happens to us. Doesn't it? Yeah, it does. What happens to me happens to you. Do you know that? If I, if I, uh, some weird thing happened to me, I ate something that, that did something to me, and I went outside and, and did somersaults, and people saw me, and they all said, Woo, I'm not going to Cornerstone. See? See, they, they're going to say because, they, they're going to call the name Cornerstone because I represent Cornerstone. You represent Cornerstone. We're one. Do you understand what I'm, what I'm saying here? His, his name, his reputation, he's going to uphold because it's his character. And since we are part of him because he chose us, Israel was a part of God. He chose them. So he's going to uphold them. He's not going to abandon them. So that's why you, when you wonder, why did God over and over again put up with Israel all the way through the Old Testament? Why? Were they so great? They kept sinning. They never did stop sinning, did they? Now you know the reason. Because of his great name. Whoo, my goodness, great. Let me, let me I'm, I have a lot more, but I'm going to close with one of, these, uh, one of these, uh, these prayers from Joshua. And then uh, we'll continue now next week on some of this. Let's, let's turn to Joshua um, chapter 7. I want to look at. Verse 8 and 9. It is, I tell you, when, when, I, when I, said, I said, I need to hear this message again. Because this is, this is increasing my faith. I'm telling you. Listen to what it says here. Oh Lord, what can I say? Now the backdrop of this is here's Joshua leading the people of God. They already crossed the Jordan. They're leading the people of God. 
defeated, great places, walled up places. And here, Joshua has great faith here. And they go out and Ai defeats them because of Achan's sin. Because God told him to annihilate everything, don't bring nothing back. Everything is dedicated to the Lord, as an offer to the Lord. And Achan took something and hid it. And so Joshua was wondering what's happening here. So in verse 8, he says, O Lord, what can I say since Israel has turned their back before their enemies? He doesn't know that. He doesn't know that. Yet, we know, but he doesn't know yet why they got defeated by such a small group of people. He doesn't know yet. That comes later. But he's asking God. He's on his knees. The man of God is on his knees. Why, God? Why is this thing happening? Why did this small group of people defeat us? We've defeated great enemies. You've been with us the whole time. We are your people, God. Why is, why, why is this happening? Verse 9. For the Canaanites... And all the inhabitants of the land will hear about it. Oh. And they will surround us and cut off our name from the earth. And what will you do? Oh, come on. You don't see that, do you? For your great name. In other words, they're going to cut us off. They're going to cut us off. And we are your people. You have already said that you're going to bring us out. You're going to take us over. You said that you are the I am. You said that you are the great God, almighty God. You said that nobody can stand against you. You said that wherever uh, my feet tread, it's going to be mine. You said that, God. The people all around us, they know about your greatness, God. They know about you Open up the Red Sea. They know about you. Open up the, uh, uh, the Jordan. They, they know God. All these type of things. They know this stuff, God. They know about you defeating jerk. They know all this stuff. What are you going to do about your great name? Do you pray like that? You see, I've never prayed like that. I'm going to tell you the truth. I prayed according to his word, but never according to his name. His greatness of his name. The greatness of his name, see. I said, "Woo, my goodness gracious. Why would God answer this prayer? Because everything that he's going to do is going to be based on the greatness of that name. His character. In other words, he's saying that, what you going to do about your character? Your renown, your reputation, God. I said, okay, I hear you. I hear you. Okay. Then go get it. Let all Israel pass by. Then get, 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 get the tribe. I tell you. Let all them pass by. Get the family. Let all them pass by. It's Achan. Okay, now, now it's over. Deal with him, and now everything's okay. See, God answers. He answers. I said, man, I've just added to my prayer. You know, I just added to my prayer. You hear that, Lord? Because of the greatness of his name. See, you can start praying, God, my children, my, my children, God, they, they, I want them closer to you. God, this is going on right here. This, this is the job here. This is a, God, 
your reputation is, God, you're supposed to uphold us, God. You said that if we do this right here, God, you're supposed to be for us, God. We're your people. What are you going to do about your reputation? What are the people going to say that's not yet saved when the church, God, is, 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 is fall, uh, you know, we're falling apart, God. We're being defeated, God. What are you going to do about your great name, Lord? Then he answers. My goodness gracious. Well, I'm happy. I don't know about you. I'm happy. <laughs> I'm happy that I said, God, this is good. Now, y'all see, y'all probably already knew all this and, and say, and I'm, 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 God just t- t- teaching me some learning that y'all already knew, see. So this is just, you know, you say, man, this, this dude right here, he don't know nothing. I've been always, I've been praying, for, um, I've been praying by his name, the greatness of his name, ever since I was little. Oh, I've been calling out Jehovah Jireh, you're my provider, and all those type of things like that, you know. But not with the knowledge and understanding that he's given me now about the greatness of his name, you see. And why he will intervene, even though I sin. Even though I'm the one who made this mistake. Do you see what I'm saying? It's not because I'm doing pretty good, God, you know. So what about your great name? It's not because of that. See, you missed it if you, talk to, if you think that. No, we start off with, with they have sinned. We're talking about I made a mistake with my finances. I made a mistake with my children. I made a mistake at the job. I made a mistake at the church. I made a mistake. I just made mistakes. I made a mistake. Now, God, but I'm your people. I'm, I'm yours, God. I'm, I'm part of your church. What are you going to do about your great name, God? If I go under, you go under. Come on, God. Now, you know, obviously, we're not going to try to curse God. We can't curse God do anything that he doesn't want to do, but he's already decided what he's going to do. He's already decided that I'm going to uphold the greatness of my name. And when I chose you, church, I chose you to be a part of that. So what happens to you happens to me, and I'm going to uphold you. Now, are there going to be consequences? Absolutely. There were consequences, weren't for the, for the people? There were consequences. But those consequences are not going to last long. You know, they're not going to last long because his name is at stake. Stand to your feet. I, I want to stay longer. I, I just, I can't, the Holy Spirit is going to have to, had, had to give it to you. Uh, we, we'll continue next week, but I'm, 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 getting, I'm getting excited. I have some more. I have some more, but I can't give it to you today. But um, I tell you, I said, God, that, 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 that's the gospel. That's the gospel. In the Old Testament, that's the gospel. I said, ooh, that's good, God. That is good. That's good. Yes, God. Even though I've sinned, God, and fallen short of the glory, your glory, God, I can call upon you. And I did, and you saved me, Lord. You saved me. If there is anyone here today that you haven't given your life to Jesus Christ, today is the day that you can You can run to the altar because you know that God is going to uphold. He's going to uphold his name. Because you have a desire to serve him. He's chosen you. We read it in Romans. If you have fallen away from following the Lord like you should you're not 
really walking as close as you know you should. And you need to rededicate your life to God. Today is the day. Would the prayer team come up, please? Today is the day. You say, oh, I've done something so bad. I, man, I, I can't. God doesn't. I already know. I've been thinking about that thing. God is not going to accept me. He doesn't want me. Because I've done this wicked thing. We've already given you the word of God on it. People have been doing that ever since Adam. God is not going to reject you. He's not going to reject you. God loves you. And he will uphold you. He will forgive you. If that's you today, we want you to acknowledge that. It's all heads bowed. Let's close in prayer. If anybody who wants to dedicate their life to, to the Lord, will you raise your hand and put it back down? We, we, we definitely want to pray with you. Anybody? Anybody who want to, want to dedicate their life to the Lord? Does anybody want to re-establish that, God, I've gone astray. I want to come back. I want to do what you say do. I don't want to keep sinning, Lord. Help me, God. I want to come back to you. If that's you today, raise your hand and put it back down. We'll pray for you. Anybody? And if today you said, you know, I, I, I need my faith improved, I need it, I need more faith, then the message is for you. If it's for you, would you raise your hand and put it back down? You need more faith. You need more faith. Okay. Thank you. Let me pray for you, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ. You've seen the hands, Lord. We ask you, Lord, by your Holy Spirit, Lord, to cause this message to penetrate deep into our hearts, Lord, that we will not just hear the word, but we will understand it, Lord. We'll understand what you have said. We know that the seed is sown on the wayside. The enemy will come back way and steal it because it doesn't have, in a, it can't get in the root because it's just sown on the wayside. It's not going to happen to it. And we know that's the type of seed that the enemy comes away and steals it. God, give them understanding and give us understanding so that the enemy can't touch it. And when the thorns and thistles grow up, when the adversity comes, in other words, it's not going to scorch our, our plant that's growing up mighty, our faith growing up mighty. Because it's rooted deep into the foundation that you love us, that you will always be for us, that you're going to protect us and what is ours, our children, our finances, our jobs, because of your great name. We thank you for that, Lord. We give you the praise. We give you the glory. Everybody say, Amen.